Well, I want you to just look with me in uh, Proverbs 23 and verse 7. I'm going to share with you something today that's an extension of where we're at. We've been talking about identity. Who am I? You know, and uh, some people don't know. I don't know who I am. And uh, it's a problem if you don't know who you are. Or it's an even worse problem if you've, if you've got a wrong idea of who you are. In Proverbs 23, 7, it tells us, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. He is. He is means his identity. So the way you think will reflect in the way you live your life. Everything about your life is an overflow of how you see yourself. So the way you see yourself is very, very important. If you see yourself as a born-again child of God, a representative of God in the earth, you are part of the answer. If you don't see that, if you see something else, then what happens is you'll be inevitably part of the problems that are there instead of being a great representative of God. So uh, we need to see ourselves the way God sees us. And so we're looking at a series on identity. And, and uh, what I want to do is pick up something I mentioned last time I was talking about the whole issue of victim mentality. Victim mentality. Now, I, I've taught on this. I've just, I couldn't find my notes on it, so I've redone it, and I think it's better. But when I first taught on this uh, issue of victim mentality, the tapes went out to different places. But one guy gave it to a friend of his who owned a business in North Auckland. And they were having a lot of troubles with their employees and many, many conflicts in the business. And when he got the tape and listened to it, he realized that the majority of the workers employed there had a victim mentality with uh, major, major negative effects on the way they did business, did their work, treated their uh, fellow employees and, and related to management. And so he implemented a program, took the message, reformed it, and then wrote a program, and it totally transformed their whole business. And so I want to pick that up today just in the light of this area of, uh, of uh, victim mentality. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about it, and I want to give you enough that you can identify if you think this way. And uh, I want to just give us God's focus, because God, I want to share with you three key principles that you need to get a hold of and begin to think about. If you embrace these things, they will shift how you do life. And then I'm going to try and help you understand how this mentality operates. So a victim, let's describe first of all a victim. See, a victim is a person who suffered at the hands of other people uh, or suffered uh, negative circumstances and was unable to help themselves. They couldn't prevent it. They found themselves unable to do anything about it. That's a victim. They were uh, at the mercy of, uh, they suffered at the hands of people or circumstances and for whatever reason, sometimes it's a reason of just age, they weren't able to do anything to prevent it. And so they suffered. So that's a, a person who's a victim. They were powerless or felt powerless to do something about it. And of course, you know, people can be victimized uh, by physical abuse, by, by violence against them. Someone's attacked, for example. The trauma of it often sets up a cycle of failure and, and, and victim mentality in it. Uh, fear and all kinds of issues come into their life. A person in a home can be uh, treated in a way that makes them feel powerless. Uh, a controlling parent will cause a child to feel powerless and they become a victim in their thinking. Some families, are so their dynamic is victim-oriented, and so people pick it up, and then they copy the patterns they've learned in their, fa their family. So a victim is someone who has uh, suffered authentically through people or circumstances and were unable to help themselves for whatever reason. May have been a child, may have been sick, may have been an accident, something like that. But uh, a person who suffered as a victim uh, uh, may then adopt a, uh, an attitude of life that I'm powerless and I can't help myself. It usually comes out like this. It's not my fault. Someone else is to blame. 
It's extremely common. And I want us to, to just lock in today onto some of the ways this operates and then look for it. Now, what they did in this firm was every one of the staff, uh, having had this list of these things of the way a victim thinks and the way a, a, person, a victor or a person who's an overcomer thinks, they locked in on those things and got to memorize them. Then each one of the staff uh, identified a person who thought that way and worked with them to help them transition in their thinking. And that was what shifted everything in the, in the business. It was amazing just how it all shifted. See, so, uh, so, so a person who takes on a victim mentality, their identity has now become, I am a victim. I am a victim. Now, you understand you can have pain and suffer in your life and experience being the victim of some situation, but that does not define your identity who you are unless you take on that mentality. You have the idea? So a victim mentality is a way of thinking about yourself and a way of thinking about life where you view yourself fairly powerless in life and at the mercy of things which come against you. Yeah, so it's a victim. Now, one of the, just, I won't go into it, but one of the big problems that God had with Israel, God delivered Israel, saved them out of Egypt, and he had a great promised land to bring them into, but what he could, what he was unable to do, unable because people wouldn't make the right choices, he was, there are some things God can't do. He's given you free will, he can't make you change your mind. You have to choose to change your mind. So he took them through a number of experiences called wilderness experiences designed to break the power of victim thinking in their life and establish a faith level and confidence so they could enter the promised land and obtain things there. But they consistently complained and failed the opportunities that were given to them, perceived them negatively because they thought like a victim. They interpreted them negatively because they thought like a victim. And when the final time came and the opportunity to possess these inheritance that they had ahead of them, because they had failed consistently to change their mentality, they had never developed the faith for the big things God wanted them to have. Now, that's the heart of that whole wilderness journey. God's intention and heart was to save them, get them into the promised land, but he had to shift their mentality through some challenging experiences of life. But because they interpreted them negatively through a victim mindset, they were unable to touch God and actually shift. So the majority of them failed to enter their inheritance. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4, it warns us not to take on the same attitudes lest we end up the same way. So as a Christian, you can experience being saved, water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, but never, never fulfill your purpose and destiny because you're unwilling to shift mentalities and outlooks. If you still think like you used to think, you can't enter into the things God has for you. You've got to shift how you think. As a man, as a man thinks, so he is. And that's the bit that we, don't, we struggle with a bit because it requires we change. So I want to give you now three key biblical truths that are true about you. They are true about you. These things are true about you. Now you say, well, I don't know whether I really believe it. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. They're true. They're absolute truths about you. And you need to embrace these truths and, and think about these things. They shift your life. Genesis 1, 26. Genesis 1, verse 26. 
And, and there's more I could share. I'll just keep to this area here. There's three important ones. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, all the earth, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. And then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, every living thing that moves over the earth. All right then. Now, today I want to just share from victim, victim to victor. And so I won't focus on all the truths here. I want to pick up a particular one. Now, you notice what God said to them. God said to them in Genesis 1.26, subdue and have dominion. So here's the first truth. You were created to win. You were created to win. In built in you, you're designed for winning in life. The ability to excel is already in you. You are created to win. And the ability to excel is already within you. It's in your design. It's in how you're made up. God made you to subdue and have dominion. To subdue means something there is resisting you, something there is a challenge to you, something there you have to overcome, something there you've got to assert a force and bring it under. In other words, you've got to be a victor. You've got to rise up and overcome that thing. Okay? That's, your, that's before sin came in. That was the mandate in man. Have dominion. Now that's talking about man having dominion. We know that God rules. This is about you actually stirring yourself up to function like God intended you to function and bring influence over circumstances to change them so you win. You're called not to be a victim. You're called to be a victor, a winner, a conqueror in life. It is hardwired into you. That's why when you're not winning, when you have a losing mentality, you are miserable. It is impossible to have a victim mentality, a losing mentality, and be a happy person. You cannot because you're malfunctioning. You're operating against how you're designed. You were designed, the Bible says, Jesus spoke to unsaved people, said, kingdom of heaven is within you. The principles and the values and lifestyle of the kingdom are hardwired in. When you violate them, you get trouble. But when you walk in them, things naturally just seem to flow much better. So you're made, says the first one, that you're created to win. Tell someone, you're born to win. You were born to win. You say, well, how come I'm losing so much and I'm such a failure? Well, that's a little bit of a challenge, isn't it, eh? Well, it's because of how you think. Okay, here's the second thing. And we'll read it in Genesis 2, verse 15, 16. Now the Lord took out man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded man, of every tree of the garden you may eat freely. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat you shall surely die. Now, here's the second thing. You were created with the capacity to choose. You were given a free will to choose. You've got to know that. You're created to choose. God wanted a relationship with man. He had to give him free will to choose. You were created with capacity to choose. You can always make choices. You can always make choices. You have power to make decisions. You can make good decisions. You can make bad decisions. But never say you can't, you had no power to choose. No choice, no decision is a choice. 
no decision is a choice to give up your right to do something and to allow things to cruise along. Everyone, no matter what situation they're in, there are certain areas of choice available to you. So God's made you with the power of choice. Now, we always have choices. Sometimes they're difficult because they require us to change. Some choices are difficult, eh? Now, you can't choose about family relationships, but you can choose how you will participate in them. You can't choose your family of origin, can't choose your father and mother, can't choose your children, usually. You just can't. But you can choose how you function and relate to them. Don't blame your parents, don't blame your kids. Make better choices. Victim, blaming people, as we'll see in a moment, is all part of this whole culture of victim mentality. It's not my fault. Listen, you're carrying on like a victim. Don't you know you have a power of choice? Why have you given your choices up? Why have you resigned from influencing what's there? You've got to think about this, eh? So you can choose to stop being a victim of your past. You can change your life by changing your choices. You change your life by changing your choices. You got to th- I love it in the preschool, they do. They're just so great. When the kids are young, very, very young, they teach them, was that a good choice or a bad choice? And getting the child to think that they make good choices and bad choices. Now, as I said, of course, we're coming on from that is every choice has consequences. You can make the choice, but you can't choose the consequences. Now, it's a very, 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 very simple thing, that one, isn't it, eh? Every choice has a consequence. Now, so notice here then, here's the third thing then, Genesis 3, pick this next one up, and uh, verse uh, 9. Now the Lord God called Adam and said, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And the Lord said, who, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree I command you should not eat? And the man said, oh, don't look at me. Not my fault. It's that woman you gave me. There's a victim. That's where it first appears in the Bible, the first victim statement. Not my fault. It's that woman you gave me. And notice, who gave her? Do you hear me asking for one? It was your idea. Don't speak to the hand. You know, nothing to do with me. So there it is there. So all choices have consequences. Notice God said to Adam, if you... Here's all the trees in the garden. There's, look at them. There's heaps of them. Oh, trees as far as you can see. Now, see that one there? Now, that one, you don't eat of that one, okay? Because if you eat that one, then you die. Now, you notice now, he's given the power of choice. God's not saying that I'm going to force you not to do it. He's saying you've got the power of choice, but that choice brings with it a consequence. It brings a consequence. So everyone has got the power of choice, but no one has the power over the consequences. You are already reaping today the consequences of yesterday's choices. So don't whine and complain about it and play the victim. Yeah, not my fault. Hey, to win in life, you have to take responsibility for your actions and choices. You've got to take responsibility. So here's the key principle here. You are created to take responsibility for yourself. You're created to take responsibility for yourself. You're made to be responsible for yourself. God intends you be responsible for yourself. 
Now, of course, a person who's, who's very, very sick uh, can only do limited things and needs someone to uh, actually help and care for them. A young baby can't take much responsibility. They don't have much privileges either. They're just there. They just get someone's waiting on them. But eventually, they should grow up. And the design for parenting is God's design is you teach your child that they have power to make choices, good and bad. There are consequences between of a good and a bad choice, and they must be personal responsible for their choices. That's good stuff, good parental training. You, when you violate that and allow the child not to face and feel his consequences of bad choices, you then ruin the child because they're not learning a vital lesson for success in life that if I choose good, I'll get good results. If I choose bad, I'll get bad results. They have to learn that. And so that's one of the major functions of a parent in nurturing, bring up a child, is to teach them that they have power of making choices, good and bad, and that bad ones will always have bad consequences, even if not immediately. They have to learn that. And so if a child does something bad and you don't hold them to account for their behavior and have bad consequences, what happens is they never learn. You've rescued them, and in rescuing the person, you've taken away from them the learning opportunity they had. This is really important stuff. Think about this, you see? So, you know, you're often a teenager, they're wanting all the privileges, and, and your mother says, well, your father says, or whatever your parents say, and they say, well, you've got to get these things done before you're allowed to go out tonight to that function. So you mess around, don't get them done, and then... There's this battle goes, oh, I want to go out. No, you can't. You haven't done. Did we, say, did we not say that if you got these done, you could go? If we didn't get these done, you couldn't go? Hey, you're not fair. You're just so mean. Now, listen, that person is, aiming, is behaving like a child. And the more they do it, then the younger they're getting all the way. Till now, oh, there's no way you're going out. Such a child could never be allowed out like that on their own. Come on. Well, think about it. So, so a teenager mostly is looking for freedom and privileges without responsibility. The parent's role is to help them become responsibility and attach privileges to growing responsibility. Any idea? Well, it's not all about that. I want to get you out of the victim mode, first of all. She's not blaming everyone, okay? And so, <laughs> so you're responsible for some things. Your thoughts are your thoughts. Don't blame me for how you think. Uh, your thoughts, your, your feelings are your feelings. So don't shut them down, own them. Your choices are your choices. Your words are your words. You made me so mad. No, I didn't make you mad. That's your stuff. Your feelings are your feelings. Your, 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 your actions are your actions. Your desires are your desires. Own them, own them, own them. They're part of who you are. You have to own them. So that's part of it. God's made you to become, he's called you to become responsible for the decisions and things that happen in your life. So you've got to do it. If you're going to win in life, you've got to be responsible for your choices and your actions. The only way you can win in life. I read something the other day. Look at this one. You'll love this. When rewards are handed out, they belong to you. But when consequences arrive, remember they weren't delivered to the wrong address. That's quite good, isn't it, eh? When consequences arrive, remember, they weren't delivered to the wrong address. It's not fair. No, it's fair. They've just arrived. They had your name on it. Had your name on it. See? Now, here's another one that's, that's really powerful. Blaming others is proof the person has yet to embrace personal responsibility. Blaming others 
is proof. You hear blaming going on? It's the proof that that person has not yet embraced responsibility for their life. Now, this is the core. Now, once you get a hang of those three truths, I'll just give them to you back again. Then we're going to look at the victim thinking. And you're going to see the victims think a certain way. Anyone who's got a victim mentality, they think a certain way. And you realize this, that life life really sucks for them. They come to church and try to make everything work, and somehow it never works for them. It always works for someone else. So let's go back again. You're created to win. The ability to excel is already built into you. You were created with the capacity to choose good choices or bad choices. You have capacity always to choose, and you're created to take responsibility for your life. Okay, now what I want to do is to show you when a person has a victim mentality, they will think in a certain way. And we might, you might like to tick the number of ones you come up with and see how strong it is inside you. And uh, if it's strong inside you, then you could make some different choices. You could choose to change, and your life will change. Your life will change, because you made better choices. Most people wait for someone else to change. So you get in a marriage situation. Every time in a marriage situation, it's without exception, one's blaming the other and waiting for them to change. Come on, what a losing attitude that is. How can you possibly win in life like that? See, all you do is get resentful and angry. You can't win when you adopt that strategy. It is a losing strategy by being irresponsible. Now, so I've jotted a few things down, and uh, so I'm going to just give them to you. I'm going to read them out because it's a good time to think about them, and uh, then I'll just show you some key choices you make that will shift you. Key choices. Of course, we need the Lord to help us, but we've got to have this mentality and think through what we've got to change. See, it's all very well to pray God will change you, but actually you've got to change what you think. They're your thoughts, you know. God's not going to change your thoughts. You've got to ch- you have to work on your thought life with the Word of God and making, changing the way you think and do things. And sometimes we need help to do it. Okay, so let's, let's go through. Now, every one of these is the characteristics of a person with a victim mentality, and life for them just doesn't go too well at all. So here it goes. The first one is they shift or avoid responsibility so it lies somewhere else. And the consequence is they feel powerless. They shift or avoid responsibility. So a victim just doesn't actually, they just won't take responsibility for their life. They shift it somewhere else. So any situation that's happening, well, not my fault. Can't blame me. It's not my fault. They actually put the responsibility for the whole deal outside them. And as soon as you put responsibility outside yourself, you feel powerless. I can't do anything about it. I'm just waiting for them to change. I'm praying Jesus will change. I'm waiting for them to change. Listen, victim, victim, victim. Don't think that way. You change. Just change how you do things, how you operate things. So they shift or avoid responsibility so it lies somewhere else. And the consequence, they feel powerless. But a uh, person who's got a conquering or a winning mentality, they take full responsibility for, the, for their own actions and attitudes. And the consequence, they feel empowered. So no matter what situation there is, no matter how difficult, they say, well, I've got some choices I can make here. I can be responsible for my life. And they don't mix it up. This is what I'm responsible for. That's what you're responsible for. That's your stuff. This is my stuff. So a person who's a victor will think about what their responsibility is and where it lies. They don't go around carrying other people's baggage. They don't go around picking up and carrying other people and and not allowing them to be responsible. And the Bible reinforces this over and over and over again. In Galatians 6, for example, in the first verse, it tells us every man should bear one another's burden, which means literally uh, that every one of us should lift crushing loads that stop a person getting up. But then straight after that, a few verses later, it says, and every man shall bear his own burden, which is a different word, the light, list a light pack, like you just get through your day. You know, you've got a suitcase or a briefcase or, or a light pack you go to school with. It's just, that's your stuff. 
No one's going to carry it for you. You've got to carry that stuff. But if you're down and crushed, someone come along and lift that off you while you get back up. But once you're up, you've got to carry your own stuff. Carry your own stuff. Carry your own stuff. Come on, carry your own stuff. Don't put it on someone else to carry it. And that's what parents are always looking for, isn't it? Eh? So, that, so when, you, when you've chosen to carry your own stuff, you feel empowered because you know what's yours. My thoughts, I can work on my thoughts, actions, attitudes. I can work on all those feelings. I can work on those. The other person, I can influence them, but I'm not responsible for their choices. Did I make a bad one? Okay, let's make some consequences for doing this dumb thing you're doing. And you don't get into the power struggle that goes on where people contend with one another, each one trying to win and both losing. Okay, the second thing is they blame others for life being the way it is. And this empowers others at their expense. They blame others for the way life is. Whereas a winner, a conqueror, a victor will refuse to blame others. They embrace the challenges and difficulties and they determine to win over them. So this issue of blame. So a victim will always blame other people. They just continually blame others. Now, so, now, people blame all kinds of people. They blame their father. They blame their mother. They blame their brothers and sisters. They blame their teachers. They blame their, the, the, the church leaders. They blame uh, bosses and employers. They blame everyone. Yet you keep the blame game up. You aren't going to win. You actually have to break with the blame game. You just got to stop playing that game. You just got to re- change that. And see, so a winner refuses to blame others. They reckon if there's a challenge and a difficulty there, well, man, what a great opportunity this is. I can really learn from this. Different way of thinking about it. Come on, different way of thinking. Here's the third thing then. Uh, uh, um, a victim will refuse to assume responsibility for the consequences of their bad choice. So a victim, you know, it's another thing I've noticed about victims is this. When you try and hold them to account for what they've done, they really get angry and resentful. Because they don't believe they're responsible. And when you try to hold them to responsibility by making them have consequences, they get resentful and angry and blame you. But they refuse to take the consequences of their actions. Saw it in the paper just recently, from the big upheaval there over tagging. And the one thing I was looking for, will anyone state that people have to be responsible for their behaviours? And anyone who stands up and says they're not responsible, oh, they're this and this, Hello, you're perpetuating victim culture. You can, you're not going to help them. You're going to actually condemn them to a life of being victims, angry and resentful. So I've noticed that victims inevitably don't want the consequences. So they do something bad. They don't want to actually have pain following it. And do-gooders will try and rescue them from having the pain. Life tells us very clearly your choices have consequences. Don't spare people the consequences. They're to learn from them, and as they learn from them, they grow. It's the most wonderful way God set it all up. Beautiful. Works really well. Here's another thing about victims. So, so of course, they refuse to assume responsibility. However, a, a person who is a, uh, who is a victim, well, they'll take full responsibility for the consequences, and they learn from it, and they'll ask for feedback. They're actually quite open to feedback. You see, whereas if you try to give feedback to a victim, they get defensive, They just actually get defensive and react angrily because their identity is in what they've done. Just don't want to go there. And you can't help them when people are like that. So you just got to have them face the consequences. There's the fourth thing. They focus on negatives and problems and lacks and injustices and complain and feel powerless to do anything about it. They focus on negatives and problems, lacks, injustice, and they complain. We see, whereas a, a victor will focus on options and possibilities and opportunities to grow, and they're thankful for the opportunities. 
So one complains about the injustices and problems, continually complains. So their attitude is one of complaining, negative and complaining. Whereas a person who's got a victor or a winning attitude says, man, there's an opportunity here. So what are the options? They just think options all the time. What are my choices in here? See, notice they're, they're owning, I got choices in this. What choices can I make? How can I go? What options have I got? They think that way. It's just built in to think that way. And if you don't think that way, if you feel the moment you feel powerless, you've got to stop, step back, and say, I'm feeling powerless. What choices do I have here? What options are open to me? And then you start to choose better options. Now, so every situation where you feel disempowered, you've got to step back and then look why you got disempowered and what you can do, what choices you have now available to you. So it requires you being aware of how you feel and making, actually taking time to think about your life and what you're doing. Get the idea? Real, really good, isn't it, eh? Okay, then. So because, uh, be, uh, so because uh, victims feel powerless, they want others to come through for them, and they become demanding and focus on their rights. Because victims, because victims feel powerless, they then become demanding. They want others to come through for them. You've got to help me. What are you doing to help yourself? What options have you got? I don't talk about that one to help me. Bail me out. So they've got a consistent problem with uh, mismanaging their money, and now they're in debt, and the creditors are coming, they're beating on the door, and wife's upset, the dog's upset, kid's upset, and everything's a disaster. It's not my fault. You've got to help me. So we say, well, how can we help you? Well, just give me all the money to pay the bill. Well, that's not going to help you, because next week you'll be in the same fix. You haven't actually owned that this is a consequence of some choices you made a little while before. When you blew the card out here and you blew the card out there and you blew the card out there, you weren't thinking that one day that account would come in and you'd be, oh, no, I can't pay. You just didn't take responsibility. So helping people out. You notice with our work in, in missions, see the theme out there on the back is not a hand out. You give a hand out, you don't help anyone. You've got to help them up. You've got to help them to learn and grow through that situation. Any idea? You see, people all want a handout. Handouts don't help people. They can provide temporary relief, but you actually want to help them up, which may involve a whole range of things. But it always involves changing the way they think. So when we worked in Uganda, for example, the biggest challenge we've faced in all the third world is shifting how they think. Because they think like a victim, I'm this, you're that, you've got to come through for me. So we tell them we've got no money. We're only a small church, got no money. You know, so what we, can be, what we can be is be friends to you and help you grow. And then on the way, you'll find some money will turn up. That's why I've, I've gone slow on some of the missions thing. I'd love to just jump in and do a lot more, but you've got to grow them. Otherwise, they just, they just stay in the cycle of poverty, and then they're looking for someone to help them out. Get the idea? I hope you're not doing that. You wouldn't be doing that. No, you're very... very <laughs> See, so, of course, a victor, because they're, powered, they're, they're proactive and institute change, they focus on responsibility rather than, and, and rather than privileges. That's kind of interesting with people who are victims. They're always demanding something. They're just, you've got to come through for me, and you feel when you're with them a demand, you've got to do something. You just feel it. In fact, you feel drained. You're with them. You can't wait to get away because you feel this pull, and you feel guilty, you feel drained, manipulated, and it's just inherent in that way of thinking. And, of course, it doesn't bring life-building relationships. It drains them out when people act like a victim. Okay, so here's another one. Number six, because they feel powerless, they're unwilling to seek help, and they react defensively when they get feedback. But you see, you know, the person who's a victim will always seek help out. Okay, here's another one. Because they feel powerless, they speak bitterly against others, especially those in authority, who they blame for hurting them. 
So they speak bitterly against others because they feel powerless. If you're powerless, you can't do anything. What are you going to do? Just get angry and, and yell at people. And that's what people do. They become, and they get more and more bitter. Whereas a person who's uh, got a, a winning mentality, well, they don't think that way and they don't act that way. They actually act and they speak because they're secure. They can, they can encourage this one, encourage that one. and They always treat bosses with respect. They just think differently. So just work out how you're doing today. Work out how you're doing. Now, of course, you'll actually think you're doing better than you are. You just ask someone to give me some feedback. Oh, I can't do that. Why would you ask me to do that? Oh. Take another one there. Okay, so let's give you another couple. Okay, then, so here's another one. Number eight, their hope for change lies outside them, and so they get frustrated. So for the person who's a victim, their hope for any change in their situation is outside them. Something has got to change in the circumstances. So they get into a lotto mentality. And you'd be amazed how many people, I bet there were some here, but you don't have to put your hand up. And this is what they're thinking. I'll get that lotto ticket. I just might get that big breakthrough. Just might. And actually everything in their life has that same mentality. It's the big breakthrough. The big breakthrough. And you hear them talking. And when, you hear, when I hear people talking about the big breakthrough, I think, listen, the only breakthroughs you're ever going to have are a result of what you choose to do today. So what are you doing today? I'm taking a ticket. I'm going get out of here. If you got the money, you wouldn't have the ability to manage it. You'll blow it and it'll ruin everything around you. Just read the papers about people who won a lot of money, what it did to them. And a lot of mentality was, well, I'll just pray and then I'll get a breakthrough with God and then everything will change. That's lotto thinking. It's Christian lotto thinking. Well, I just pray, I just pray, I just pray. Oh, wow. Oh, oh you're praying. Oh, good. What are you doing? Oh, I'm praying for this breakthrough in my marriage. What are you doing today to help build your marriage? What are you doing that you could do? Oh, what are you talking about? I'm praying. Your breakthrough is a long time coming, I can tell you. And, and what will happen is you get bitter and frustrated and angry at God because he didn't come through for you. And every time you hear a message about breakthroughs or hear a testimony about breakthroughs, you get angry and bitter because how come them and not me? I prayed so hard, you know. Even fasted a little bit. Never got the breakthrough. People are waiting for a breakthrough that isn't coming because they're not doing today what they need to do to initiate the changes. And just prayer doesn't do it. Prayer said, you know, you show me your faith by your works. The works, what you're doing, demonstrates whether you're a believer. So I look and people tell me they believe. Oh, I believe God. Blah, blah. I hear, oh, look, I've heard it for years. And I say, what are they doing? That's what tells it. Your faith is demonstrated by the way you live your life. It's as clear as that. See, so again, this victim mentality gets in, into, the, into the church and the Christians. Okay? So the hope is outside us. Now, because they feel powerless, they're passive waiting for something to happen. They're passive and they're waiting. So a lot of people are passive because they're waiting for something to happen. But you see, a person who's a victor, they think differently. Man, I'm here to make something happen. I take initiative. You know, so a person who's a victim will say, why don't someone do something about that? How come someone doesn't say, listen, you saw it, why don't you do something? You know, so a person who's initial, man, I, look, there's an opportunity there. Man, I could do something about that. I'd be good at that. They think differently. You have to get people out of victim thinking. You will never help them by allowing them to stay in victim thinking. See, and uh, of course, here's, the, here's an, the last one I thought of was because, uh, so a victim will see God as, in, uh, as uh, uncaring and indifferent. 
in their heart, they'll see God doesn't care about me and he's indifferent to what's happening. And so their life is characterized, their spiritual life is characterized by unbelief. They can't trust God. Okay? So a person who's a victim will take the view that God is uncaring and indifferent and so they can't trust him and their spiritual life is characterized by unbelief. Uh, one of the challenges I've continually had is to ask this question, what actions are you taking that depend on God coming through for you as a result of taking those steps? And it just keeps you a, a check as to whether you're in faith or whether you're just in cruise mode. So a person who's a victim will be religious. You can't help but be religious because you haven't assumed responsibility. Mind you, can come and sing songs, worship, wave your hands, jump up and down, wave a flag, have a banner, do all kinds of stuff. But listen, if you don't actually take responsibility to initiate things, you will actually become religious. You have all expression, but no life and no power. And we don't want that. We want people to come into life, okay? Whereas you see, a person who's a, the person who's a victim, well, they see God as caring, involved, wanting to empower me. Man, I, I, they're growing in their faith. They're continually growing in their faith because they're connecting to God because they believe that God is going to war with them. Man, God has given me a mandate to go out there and make a difference. Boy, if he told me to do it, he's with me. Something should be happening. I want to think that way. See, you see the other one said, oh, that, so it's because a victim will come out. Oh, it's so hard. People are so unkind. I shared about Jesus and they really weren't very kind to me. Oh, well, stop whining. You know, that's victim speak. Victim speak. You want to get sussed out at how to pick up victim speak. Victim speak has got a sound of its own. It's got a, a whining sound, like a diff that's sort of gone. <laughs> it continued whine. <laughs> we don't want to have that, do we? Okay, I'll give you one more verse. We'll show you just a couple of keys out of it. Okay, here we go. Here's in 2 Corinthians 2.14. We quoted it before. Now, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Well, that doesn't read like this. Well, thanks be to God who once in a while may give us a breakthrough. Notice this. He said, thanks be to God who, al who always, 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 everywhere, every place, every time, always causes us. So we're involved in this thing. And what do we do? We triumph because we're doing things that God has got his hand on. In Christ, and because of that, to make manifest his presence through our life. We're working with God, and we're cooperating with God, and he, eventually we win. You say, well, look, you know, sometimes it doesn't look like you win. No, it doesn't look like I'm winning at all. But, you know, when it's over, I may not have won completely in that, but what I'll have done is I'll have grown up another step in character. I'll be all ready for the next challenge. I win no matter what. I win no matter what. I never win no matter what. Because either I'm going to grow in character, which is a win, or I change that situation, which is a win. Either way, I can't help but win. I am wired to win. What a life. Wired to win. Whoa, what a life. I can't stand it. It's so good. What a life. Wired to win. Everywhere, no matter what we face, wired to win. That's got to be good. But you've got to make better choices. Oh, well, don't tell me that. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray. So you've, got to, you've got to do something too. You've got, got to get the power. What can you choose to do? See, the little boy brought out the five loaves and fishes. Next thing, there's a whole miracle. The breakthrough came when someone did something. Okay, here's a, I'll just give you a couple of steps out. I won't develop them, just, but just give you some steps out. When you choose to think like a victim, you're going to have no power. You're going to lose power in your life. You've got to change the way you think. So here's a few things you can do. Number one, stop blaming and complaining. Tell someone next to you, they need to hear that one. Stop blaming, stop complaining. Straight off like that. 
Stop blaming, stop complaining. You hear someone blaming, oh! Just give them a sign. Anytime you hear one of the believers in the church and they're blaming someone, I hear victims speak, you poor you. Come on, really bring it out. Victims speak. Hello, they're singing the victim song. Blaming someone else. Oh, poor you, you're so powerless, you can't do anything. It's all their fault. Why don't you change and do something different? Okay, so stop blaming, stop complaining. Start rejoicing and taking responsibility. Second thing is, you need to assume responsibility for your life. So rejoice. Take responsibility. Man, it's a winning life. I'm wired to win. What a life. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Is there something really heavy in front of me, difficult in front of me? Well, yes. Is it overwhelming or seems that way, feels that way? But boy, I'm wired to win. Somehow I'm going to come through this one okay. So you've got to do, you've got to choose that. That's, those are the key things you've got to change. Now, the second thing is, uh, the next thing you need to do is initiate actions that bring change in your own life. You've got to do something to change your life. You know, don't go coming up on an altar call all the time. And just, I see people come up on altar calls all the time. It's just why we don't have them so often. Maybe once in a while, but not all the time. People just come up all the time. They never change. And what people do is they, they get to think, well, you know, making decisions to come to the Lord is not going to do anything. You actually become a stumbling block for others. So we've tried to change our processes in the church. What can you do to change? Here's something you do to change. If you have been treated like a victim and you're hurt and someone's really done the dirty by you, then why don't you just face the feelings, let go of the anger and forgive them. Start to bless them. Break out of this thing. Second thing you do, if you think like a victim, why don't you just get a hold of some things you think, get the Bible promises and change how you think. And then, so, so you see, it's not hard. You could do that. You can do that because the Lord will come in on that. He's all into that. The moment you start agreeing with how God sees life, you're, you start to wire into him and he starts to move. If you think like a victim, you're disagreeing with God. God will say, well, didn't I say in Genesis 1 they're wired to win? What's going on here? They're not agreeing with me. I can't help. The moment you break out and start to say, God, you've wired me to win in life. You've called me to subdue and have dominion. Whatever it is, I'm going to win on this thing. I'm trusting you to help me. Show me what I can do. Show me my choices. What do I need to change on the inside? That's the first thing. And then then how can I influence? Here's the last one. How can I influence what's around me by better choices? How can I influence people and circumstances by making different choices to the ones I'm making? Man, this is good, isn't it, eh? You need to get someone the CD for this one. You know someone who needs to hear this. I know that. I know that. You know someone. You're thinking of them right now. Boy, I wish they were here. They need, they need that. No, you need it, actually. Come on, get that list and tick it off in private. Not here. You'd be embarrassed. Check off in private. I can think of circumstances and marriages and finances and lives that changed the day people stopping a victim made a decision to take personal responsibility, to recognize consequences, change their decisions, let go forgiveness, change how they think, and change how they do stuff. And then they get amazing breakthroughs. You want to talk Stephen Delwin? Ever see the miracle they got? The unbelievable miracle they got in their finances, but there was something before that great breakthrough. It wasn't a lotto. They didn't just come and, oh, Jesus, help! It was far more than that. They made good choices, and God gave them a miracle. Amen? You could have a miracle too, couldn't you? Come on, let's close our eyes. Father, right now, we just thank you. You've wired us to win. You've called us to be champions in life. You've called us to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. More, that's greater than a winner. We're an outstanding winner. So that people understand we serve the living God. Lord, we ask today you'd forgive us for where we've thought and acted like victims. And Lord, have whinged, whined, complained and blamed and put the responsibility somewhere else and have tried to cover it with religious activities and haven't just got straight down to business and start to do what we need to do. 
Father, I pray that a great revelation of this would come into people. I pray that mindset of men, victim, will break in people's lives. And I'm asking, Lord, that during these coming weeks, that you will cause people to remember the things that were said today and recognize whenever they're acting like a victim and thinking and speaking like a victim or when the people around them are thinking and acting that way. Help them to begin to recognize how deep-rooted it's in our culture and to begin to stand up and become the answer to it. In Jesus' mighty name. You say amen to that?